Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast, a podcast designed to help you in your personal spiritual growth. This podcast is part three of the series, Rose-Colored Glasses. Eric Park's message is titled, Building Friendships That Last. You know, everybody needs good friends. I was reminded of the power of friendship my sophomore year at college at the University of Kansas. Yes, I am a Jayhawk. Sophomore year, University of Kansas, one late evening, me and a buddy decided we were going to do a late night village inn run, which is, you know, pretty standard fare for college kids. So we show up at um, Village Inn and we sit down in a booth to get some food when a group of like 10 guys wandered into the Village Inn. And it became very clear to me that the 10 guys that were wandering in were on a mission. It became even more clear that their mission was to pound in the face of the guy I was there with. Now here's the problem. I didn't know all those guys. I don't know what they were upset about. I don't know why they were mad at me other than guilt by association. I happened to be with the wrong guy at the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, as a sort of scuffle started to ensue, uh, we didn't have cell phones, right? This was 1993, I didn't have a cell phone. So I sort of slid out of the booth, I went back to a payphone, put in a quarter and made a phone call. It was like, um, you know, phone a friend. I happened to call my roommate, Sean, and I'm like, Sean, um, I think uh, I'm about to die. Can you please come down here and get me? Now, what I thought was gonna happen is, is that maybe Sean would come down and it would all diffuse and, you know, we'd all leave in one piece and um, I could go on to live my life peacefully. What I didn't know happened is that as soon as Sean got the phone call, he went down the hallway of this fraternity house we lived in. He told the 15 guys who were sleeping on that floor, hey man, Parks is about to get, is about to get killed for no good reason. He, those guys run up to another sleeping dorm. They tell 15 guys, they're like, Parks is about to get killed. Within about five minutes, 60 guys come strolling into Village Inn to rescue me and my buddy. Now, as you can tell, I got rescued. And it was one of those moments when you, you hear a story like that or you live it and you realize, man, I want friends like that. Like, I want friends who just were in it with me, that will fight with me, that, that, are, that are there. And yet we're also um, realizing in this season that friendship is extremely elusive, right? Like, it seems like the older we get, engaging in like meaningful and life-giving relationships, that, that it, it can be really difficult, especially for us guys. Like really engaging in life-giving, meaningful relationship can be difficult. And like I mentioned, after the last 10 weeks, we are aware of how much we need people in our life. Guys, how much we need real friendships. I heard a pastor once tell a joke that the greatest miracle in Jesus' life, that he was a 30-year-old guy who actually had 12 good friends. You know, online relationships cannot replace real life, in-person connection. There's just something special, irreplaceable about like being in the same place with the same, with other human beings. And, and actually science, science tells us everything we need to know about deep relationships. Science tells us that 
Friendships build confidence. It boosts our self-esteem, especially in tough times. It increases our sense of purpose and belonging. Studies have actually found this to be true, that if you have a friend that gains weight, you are, 50, you are 57% more likely to gain weight. And likewise, if you have a friend who starts adopting healthy behaviors, you are likewise equally likely to begin to adopt those healthy behaviors. See, this is what friendship does for us, right? We, we, we don't need science to tell us the truth that we need people in our lives, that it's good for us. And yet, when it comes to who, like who and what makes a good friend, science doesn't really tell us that. This is what we know. Simply knowing people or even just being in contact with people, being around people, doesn't make lasting and meaningful relationships. Not, not the kind that we really want. Which got me thinking. What is it exactly that makes strong friendships? Like, how do we engage in relationships, meaningful relationships that will truly impact our lives in significant ways? Well, you guys know we've been in this series, Rose-Colored Glasses, because we want to look at how we forge thriving relationships in all the areas of our life because it is so essential to how we live. So today we're gonna to talk about friendships. Like how and who, what does it look like to forge those kinds of relationships? How do you do it? And I've got a simple guide for each and every one of us that I think if we follow this, we will engage in meaningful life-giving relationships. And all four of these points come from one story, a story found in the New Testament in the Gospel of Mark. If you have your Bibles, pull them out. If you don't, don't worry about it, guys. It's gonna come on the screen. Um, I wanna read this story to you, and then I just wanna spend a minute sort of telling you what I see in it and how it impacts our relationships. Mark chapter two, it starts in verse two. It says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there were no room left, not even outside the door and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your, sons, your sins are forgiven. What an amazing story. Four buddies take their one buddy to go see Jesus because they know that Jesus will change his life. Like, I think this might be the most amazing small group of all time. The most amazing small group for a bunch of reasons, but it's the kind of friends we wanna have, and the truth is, it's the kind of friends that we should be. It's what I call like stretcher friends, right? Like if we find and become stretcher friends, we begin to live inside thriving, healthy, life-giving relationships. So what are stretcher friends? Stretcher friends as we see in the Bible. 
Well, here's the first thing that stretcher friends all have in common. One, they reveal the real self to their friends. Look at what it says in the Bible. It says, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man. And this is what you need to know about anyone in the ancient world who was disabled. If you were blind or you couldn't walk or you had some sort of physical affirmity. In the ancient world, if you had an affirmity, everyone in your community believed that you had done something wrong, right? Like you had sinned somehow. And in fact, in Rome, it was really, really common for someone who was disabled to be kept by a wealthy home and they would refer to them as a fool for amusement. Let's just say this, in the ancient world at Jesus' time, if you had a disability, you were someone who was looked down upon. And if you had that disability, it would be easy to imagine pushing everybody away from you because why would you want anyone to come close and hurt you anymore? I mean, can't you imagine if you were living in this guy's time, that if you had a disability, that you would push people away because the only reason they want to come around you is to tell you what you've done wrong or to somehow make fun of you. But do you know what you see in this story? You see a paralyzed guy who decides to let his buddies come near him. Like, he revealed who he really was. Like, this is me, the, the broken parts of me, the, the real me, like who I am. I, I'm a guy on a map. I thought about so many of our friendships these days, like sometimes in my life, and I began to realize, you know, deep friendships, they never happen, ever, until we're willing to reveal ourselves to these relationships. I think too often, like our friendships, they're merely water cooler conversations. Like, dudes especially, guys, come on, be real. We're really good at talking baseball, football, MMA, telling jokes, right? But when it comes to like revealing who we really are, like the depths of who we are, I can say for lots of us, this isn't an easy thing to do, right? But I'm, I'm learning this, and this story is illustrating if we're ever going to have a story of friendship that looks like this guy's story, in order for us to be loved, in order for us to be accepted, we have to be willing to reveal like who we are, our brokenness, all of it, like the real us, not the pretend me, not the one I want everyone to see, but who I really am. You're gonna build strong friendships, the ones that last and help shape who we are. You gotta be willing to reveal yourself. I think the story points out a second, extremely important element of stretcher friends. It's this, it's that stretcher friends, they share in their friend's burden. You know, as, if you see this in the scripture, it says this, it says, a paralyzed man carried by the four of them. I was thinking about this, and it reminded me a few years ago, like when Harrison, our youngest son, he was probably about four years old, and we decided to go on a family hike up this trail called Massey Draw. 
It's a trail that goes from about 5,000 feet to 7,500 feet, and it's about an hour and a half, half hike. It's, it's pretty okay for some, you know, like an adult. But when you take a kid on it, um, it can be quite a challenge. And I didn't really think about how many steps his little legs had to make for every one of mine. So it was like four. But we decided one afternoon to go out on a hike. And it wasn't more than about 30 minutes in that Harry was hiked out. Like he was done. But we were so far down the trail that it didn't make sense to go back. So I just thought, I'll just put you on my shoulder, bud. So I picked up that little four-year-old, stuck him on my shoulder, and I finished going up the trail, hiking, right? That was an hour and a half, two hours up. 40-pound dude, little, little dude on my shoulders. We got up to the top, and you know, he's four years old. He just got a free ride all the way up the mountain. Do you think he's going to hike himself back down? No. He's back on my shoulders. I carry him all the way back down the trail. And I can tell you that when I was done carrying him, I felt it in my shoulders, in my neck, in my lower back, in my legs, right? See, when these fellas pick up this guy and they carry him, I don't know how far they carried him, but I can promise you that after carrying that dude, they began to feel it. And see, this is an important part of friendship. Like, when we begin to really, really share in each other's lives, you want friends who feel the stuff you feel. Like when they carry this, that they feel your pain, they feel your happiness. They carry your burdens with you. This is a core element of any sort of friendship. You, you wanna know like when you're in it, that your friends are gonna call you and text you, and when they say they're gonna pray for you, they mean it. When they say their heart breaks for you, it really does. See, this is the kind of friend that we see, friends that are willing to carry and feel it. You know, the third thing we see is illustrated in this verse when it says, since they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. You know the third thing Stretcher's friends do? They encourage in all the right ways. Now, you have to go with me on a journey for a second. But I want you to imagine, four dudes are carrying this guy on a mat. This dude has been paralyzed for some time. This is going to be his lot in life, right? They carry him to see Jesus to be healed, and they see there's a massive crowd. They can't get into him. You can almost see the dejection in this paralyzed man's face. Like his only hope of ever getting straight and it's like, we can't get in. They can't budge because you, you, you know what happens when you budge. You know what happens, right? I mean, trust me, right? You've been at in a line at Target and accidentally budged in front of somebody. You get the look and then you get the, sometimes you'll get the, excuse me, what are you doing, right? People, they're not having that and it's Jesus. So I can promise you there ain't no budging. Nobody's getting in that house. You can almost see him so dejected, going, well, I don't know what we're gonna do. See, this is what friends do. They encourage, they say, well, I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go up on the roof. See the guy thinking, well, why are we going on the roof? Because we came to see Jesus. Dude, we're not giving up. 
We're not stopping because there's a crowd. We're not stopping because they're not gonna budge. Dude, keep your head up. We are going to get you to Jesus come any way we have to. See, this is what friends do. We don't let our friends quit. We encourage them when they need encouragement. We're in their lives. We're saying, dude, don't quit. And it leads to, honestly, my favorite part of the story, that stretcher friends fight, fight for your outcome, even if it costs them. Those fellas got on the roof. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I can't hardly imagine it, but think about it. Four guys get on the roof, now they're on the roof, and they're like, why are, why are we on the roof? And, and one of the guys is like, I don't know why we're on the roof. And one of the guys goes, well, what are we gonna do? And you hear the third friend go, we're gonna have to cut a hole in the roof. We, we, what? We gotta we got cut a hole in the roof. And then what I love is the other three guys went, that's a brilliant idea. Let's cut a hole in a roof of a guy we don't know. So they start tearing the roof apart because their buddy, they're not done. They're like, dude, we don't care. You can almost imagine them as the roof starts caving in. I'm sure the guy that owns the house comes out yelling at him. You know, in our day and age, he's gonna get sued, right? They're like, we're, we're gonna lower him through. We came to do something, and if it costs us a lawsuit, it doesn't matter. He is going to see Jesus. Dude, think about it. They have cell phones and call each other to coordinate this whole thing, right? They didn't bring electric saws to cut open the roof. They just knew they had to get their buddy to Jesus no matter what. So they go find so shovels and saws in their bare hands and they just start fighting through that roof, right? And there's people sitting in the room and the roof is falling down on them and they don't care. They're like, we, we gotta get our buddy to Jesus. This is, what, this is what stretcher friends do. They fight for each other. I love the way John Calvin, the theologian, said it. He says that the paralytic's friends would never have submitted to so much trouble nor contended with such formidable hindrances if they had not derived courage from entire confidence of success. Like they knew, they get this guy to Jesus, it's gonna win, and they're not gonna stop. They're gonna fight through a roof, through whatever it takes, through a crowd. This is, this is what a stretcher friend is. And so my question to you is, do you have friends like that in your life? Friends that reveal who they are and friends that share in your burden and friends that encourage you and friends that will fight for you. Do you have them in your life? Because if you don't, then you're missing one of the richest blessings of life. And the truth is, God intends you to live in community like that. But here's what you have to know you won't have that kind of relationship. You, you, you just won't have those kinds of friends until you begin to be that kind of friend, right? If you're going to live in the richness of those relationships, then the truth is it actually starts with you. 
you have to put yourself into places where you have to share the real you. Now listen, you don't need to overshare. Those of you that walk in and feel like you gotta dump everything on everybody, just slow your roll. What I am saying is, listen, you have to learn to share who you really are, who you really are, the inside and out of you. And I know so often I say that to people and they're like, yeah, but I've gotten burned by relationships and I've gotten hurt in the past. All I can say is welcome to being in relationships. Sometimes you do get hurt. It's not always perfect. But I can tell you the richness of relationship far outweighs any pain you've experienced in the past. It just does. And so if you want to live in a relationship with stretcher friends, then you have to be one. And you have to reveal yourself. You've got to be willing to share other people's burdens, right? You've got to be willing to stand. And not just be willing, you've got to do it. You gotta put yourself into communities where you learn how to carry people's load and put them first. You know, when you're carrying somebody, it costs you, like it hurts you. But, But for you to have these kinds of relationships, you have to put yourself in a spot where you share someone else's burden. And then you gotta be an encourager. You gotta learn how to speak life into someone else. Listen, far too many of us, we use small group circles only for therapeutic, like dumping all of our problems. You should share what's going on for real in your life. But listen, you have to spend more time encouraging what's going on in other people's lives. Isn't it true? Like you love to be around an encourager. Isn't that true? Then be the encourager. Be someone who looks into people's eyes and tells them what's good about them. And lastly, you want these kinds of relationships, then you have to go out and fight for other people. You gotta fight with other people. You gotta fight for relationships. You want these kinds of relationships? The good news is that God wants you to have them too. So, Heartland, what are you gonna do about it? It's not enough to wish and just hope. You have to actually do something to be in stretcher relationships. You have to get in a group. I don't care what, form one. Form one right now, a Zoom group. Stop waiting for the church to organize something. You have to put yourself in proximity with people in order to practice those four elements of stretcher friending, right? Put yourself out there. Reveal your heart. And let me say this. For many of us, you hear this and and you have a mix of emotions like you're encouraged and you're frightened and you don't know where to start and you don't know what to do and you're not sure how it's gonna work out. And let me say this. If you don't know what the next step is when it comes to building solid community, the kind that God had in mind for you, then ask God to show you the way. Just ask him to bring someone into your life for a text to come at the right time. Ask God. This is one anothering, right? I want you to take courage, but I also want you to take action. Don't 
just sit there. Be a stretcher friend, and I promise you, Heartland, you will find your stretcher friends. You've been listening to the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Eric Park's message, Building Friendships That Last, is the third and final part of the series, Rose Colored Glasses. You can experience the entire service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page. Or you can go to the Heartland Community Church YouTube channel, or you can watch it on the Heartland app. Search Heartland CC in the App Store. Thanks for listening.